Craft, and it's so good to have you all here today. Uh, just to give you a quick synopsis, um, my husband was a pastor for 30, over 30 years with the Assembly of God, and I loved being a pastor's wife, but God did something very different. He actually laid it on my heart that he was going to be taking my husband home, even though he was healthy. And it was something I just, I just hid in my heart. I started creating memories, journals, everything down, didn't tell anyone. But um, it, it was just wonderful. It was, it was like God orchestrated the most beautiful story for his glory and just how everything came about. And two weeks after the Lord began laying it on my heart, we'd gone on a date, and I had grabbed his thumb and told him how much I loved him and prayed and said, Lord, whenever you decide to take him home, let it be quick. Don't let it be over a long period of time. Eight hours later, my husband died in my arms. But the peace of God that passes all understanding came and just blanketed my heart. And that peace continued for I and my boys. And we helped the church through the, through the loss of their beloved pastor. And, and, and then ten days later, we began our grief. But God is so good, y'all. But you know, the whole journey of grief is so strange. You may have friends. Um, has anyone in here lost, um, lost, lost someone very close to them? Okay. So many of you all have walked through this journey of grief. And it is such a strange animal, isn't it? I don't know about you all, but I... Um, you know what? I didn't introduce myself. <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> My name is Marlene Graff, and our session is Journey of Grief. Cut and paste, Catherine. <laughs> um, senior moment. Lost where I was going. Um, what was I talking about? <laughs> your husband and your family. Thank you. Um, and so, and and so the whole journey of losing someone close to you. I didn't take grief 101. In, you know, in high school. No one warns you about grief, do they? It just hits you. And so, um, after my husband passed away, I went to some of the big churches in, in Birmingham, Alabama, where I live, and asked them if they had a widow's ministry. You know, widow's ministry. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God is that we care for widows. Mm -hmm. Y'all, I got the strangest looks. A widow's ministry. Huh? And I'm like, yeah, the word of God. But... But what I did find was I found a church that was offering the program Grief Share. Are y'all familiar with that? Has anybody gone through Grief Share? Okay. It is a very powerful pro um, program, Christ-centered. I mean, plan of salvation like three times throughout the, throughout the 13-week course. All of you should have this in your folder. Oh, if you would, if you go ahead, there's a little piece of paper in there. We're doing... We're doing uh, Drawings. If y'all would, if y'all would fill out those pieces of paper for me real quick, we're gonna we're gonna give away some real prizes. Free food. Y'all okay with free food? Sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Food, candy. You know, I believe in having fun, so we're gonna have fun. So if you'll go ahead and fill those out, and then um, my helper will come around in a little while and gather those together. Well, when we come to door prizes, we'll go ahead and gather them together. But as you're writing. Um, and so, and so I went ahead and, begin, and began going to the, this Grief Share course, and it's a 13-week course that teaches you about grief. Nobody taught me about grief. 
The church doesn't necessarily teach you about grief, do they? They just tell you Christ will be with you. But they don't tell you everything you're going to go through. So what we're going to be doing today, to be able to minister and help people in grief, you've got to understand what they're walking through. So we're going to, we're going to at first we're going to do some teaching about grief, and then from there I will, I will share some other ways that you can help people in grief. Okay? Sound like good? All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, as a missionary, uh, I do a lot of traveling. I love to travel. And I thank the Lord as a single missionary now. I thank the Lord for Siri. I do not know how missionaries, single missionaries 20 years ago got to Podunk Hollow without Siri. All right? Don't know. I thank the Lord for Siri. And Siri is great until you hit a detour. She doesn't know how to get you through the detour. So I have learned, Marlene, you're by yourself. You watch those signs very carefully. And that will get you back to the road where you need to be. So today, on this studying about the journey of grief, we're going to talk about some road signs <coughs> along the journey. All right? And, and we'll go ahead and begin with number one. Y'all got to where you can fill it out and take some notes along the way. And then we will do questions at the end, too. So... So the first one is detour. Detour. You know, when you see that sign coming up, it's like, oh no. How, you know, you're about to, you know, enter a whole new territory here. This is not the road. <laughs> you know, you plan to go on one road. And when you lose someone, it's just like that. Suddenly you are on a whole different road than you planned for. And it happens just like that many times, doesn't it? Just like that. Um, it throws you off balance. It's so it's so unexpected. And when a person walks into grief, there is so many emotions that is going on. You know, for many of you who have experienced it, you know, at times it's hard to think clear, especially when it's fresh. They they have an example in one of the and a lot of my material is taken from the grief share stuff. They have a picture of a of a ball of yarn with all the different emotions and all the different fears and all the different wanderings, and it's just all mixed into one big clutter. And that's what it is. Things are so unclear, and you're trying to get things untangled, and you can't because you're in the midst of grief. And it's such, it is, it's, it's almost as, well, it's a lot more frustrating than a detour. But it, it puts you on a lot of side roads and a lot of things that you just never expected that you'd have to face. So we're going to be talking about many of them. Um... Many times you will feel like you're going crazy. When you went through the grief of a loved one, did anyone here go through the time you thought you were going crazy because of all these weird feelings? Yeah, okay. I see the heads, the hands. I talked to so many. The majority of widows will tell you, I thought I was going crazy. Because A, you haven't been taught on it, so you don't realize it's normal. But walking through grief, it's normal to feel that way. So if you have friends and you're doing, you know, helping friends, let them know, hey, what you're going through is normal. They need to hear that from you. Because there's too many times that you think, I'm going crazy. You know, I thought I was going crazy when I found my house keys in my freezer. <laughs> house keys in freezer. When did you do that, Marlene? Sometimes you just don't have your mind about you. So encourage them, let them know. It's normal. Don't worry about it. Um, 
So grief is normal. So I want to make sure you write that down. Just remember that. Uh, it's normal because God created us like this. Think about this. Jesus wept over Lazarus' death, right? Why? He knew he was going to heal him. He was hurting. Jesus grieved the loss of a close friend. You know, I kind of questioned that. I go, but you were going to heal him. What? Because he was hurting. You know, a close friend had died. So if that's natural for Jesus, Son of God, and we're made in his image, it's okay. It's natural for us, too. It's part of, part of our human process. So encourage them in that. Next is, um, I put down traffic circle. My, my son said roundabouts, whichever y'all call it here. Now, I didn't grow up with these, but I don't like them. <laughs> and sometimes they don't go with Siri. This morning, on my way here, I had to hit a roundabout. And Siri's saying, yes, you're going to stick to the right, then you're going to take the left roundabout. I'm like, no, no, no. Roundabouts, you go right. You don't go left at a roundabout. What are you talking about? I don't like roundabouts. In grief, you're having, you feel at times like you're going around in a circle because you're having to make so many decisions and try to think through so many things. And you know what? It was kind of like me this morning. I just didn't want to turn. I'm like, well, forget it. I'm, I might choose the wrong one, and I'll, and I'll get there late, you know. And so people in grief will just not make a decision. Sometimes making a decision when you're in grief can be overwhelming. So don't push people to make decisions. If they can't decide right now, say, that's okay, you know, we'll talk about it later. Because they could be in the process of just going in that roundabout. And it's like, I can't, I can't, I can't think through that right now. And it could just be a bad day. Everybody has bad days, right? <coughs> People in grief have a lot of bad days. And they're looking forward to when they can finally turn off of that roundabout and make a decision and have a good day. So roundabouts is a big challenge. Okay, next sign is the slow sign. Slow or slow? Slow, slow. Yeah. Personally, I love the slow children sign. I'm like, I'm looking all around and I'm like, I don't see any slow children anywhere. They're all going very fast. I don't know. Why don't you say warning children? <laughs> but um, I'm pausing because I want everyone to hear this. You cannot rush a person through grief. They've got to go through it slowly. They've got to go through it. You don't want them to get stuck in it. But don't put a time expectation on them. Because you have no idea. You know, you may have lost a mother. And yet you're talking to someone who's lost a spouse and you're like, hey, you know, it's six months. You should be over this. Not when you spent 40, 50 years of your life with that person. So don't ever put a time thing on someone. Now, if someone is five, six, five years into it and they're still sitting at home, there is a problem. But if 
if they're fresh in it, let them let them talk it out. They say it takes six to nine months just for grief to go from from the mind to the heart. Six to nine months just to go from there to there. So give that person grace. Give them time. And also, everyone's journey is different. You know? And the journey depends upon your relationship. I deal a lot with widows. Well, some widows did not have a good relationship with their husband. So part of them is like, part of me is kind of glad he's gone. You know? But for those who just had such a close relationship with their husband, it's like, you know, you've torn a part of me off of, you know, you know, you've torn me in half. And they only feel half of a person. But many of us know the pain of losing a mom, a dad, a grandparent, someone who is a part of us. So it depends upon your relationship. So you can't really judge someone else's time length because you don't fully know their relationship, do you? All right? So that's something that you need to consider. You can't rush them through the grief. They've got to walk through it. So just be real conscious of that. All right. Next is the divided highway. I'll put my water over here because I'm going to knock that table. Oh, just a, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about this now. I was a really healthy energizer bunny until I became a missionary. One month after I became fully appointed, they discovered I have leukemia. Nine months after that, eight months after that, something totally separate from the cancer, end up with a rare eye disease, I'm now blind in my left eye. So I'm always knocking things over here because I don't see them. <laughs> so I put my water over there so I wouldn't knock it off. So, um, but God is gracious. I'm able to do what he's called me to do. So I am thankful, thankful, so thankful. So the next one is divided highway. A divided highway. Y'all got a bunch of those up here. <laughs> I, I, I have rented a car. What is it? Roadrunner? Forerunner? Roadrunner? I don't know what it is, but it's got this huge screen <laughs> on it. And it's so wonderful, you know, because I, it does a great job of directing me. Um, but I keep seeing that it keeps dividing. <laughs> and y'all just have a lot of these, don't you? Uh, you know, and but thank the Lord. Siri's my best friend <laughs> next to the Lord. Okay, so divided highway. Your grieving friend, or possibly you, has lost someone very close to them. But it's not just that. It's also what they call the secondary losses. Those secondary losses, those are the things that affect all the other areas of their life. For widows, they had plans, plans to travel, plans to see grandchildren, plans for the future, those who may have lost a child, you know, they had plans to see that child graduate, you know, to serve the Lord. So there's so many secondary losses. And, and all of these secondary losses, they can hit at any time, all right? You can be in a grocery store. I remember, I remember, I think it was about six months after Wayne died, and 
um, I was going through the checkout, and there were the Nico wafers. Y'all know what Nico wafers are? That was his favorite candy. So whenever I saw it, because you couldn't find it everywhere, I'd buy it for him. And there I saw his favorite candy, and I just went to crying. I'm like, here I'm in Walmart, and I'm crying. And I just learned. I, I cried wherever I was. I'm <laughs> like, I'm not holding it back. You know, it just hit me. It was candy, but it hit me. That's that secondary loss. I can't buy him that candy anymore. I can't buy those special things for him. So places that you go, places that they go, places you used to go with that person can, can bring up the secondary losses. Um, to see a couple holding hands, family with kids. But it's really important to remember, and I think I've got this quote down there, that anything can become an ambush at any time. You could be standing talking with someone, and they may see something out of the corner of their eye, and then suddenly they start going like this. You're like, what's wrong? You know, and you have no idea. They just got ambushed by something that they saw, or a thought. So anything can become an ambush at any time. I do want to share with you something that uh, hospice, uh, a person told me. Actually, it was my, how do you say it? It was my son's mother-in-law. I have two boys, both graduated from Southeastern with ministry degrees. They're married to sisters. So we are a very close family. What's really crazy is um, their parents divorced. All the girls were from Michigan. and the parents divorced, and then all their girls married and moved into our area. And so they moved down here, but they're divorced. And I live in an apartment complex. I live in this apartment complex building. The girl's mom lives here. My son and his wife live in this building. And the girl's dad. <laughs> so we're all within three buildings. So it's nice. Um, but she she had given me this book from hospice because she's a hospice nurse, nurse, and I want to share with you this. This is a great idea to pass along to someone, and I did this after after a month or two, just depending upon when the person can handle it. What they need to do is they need to get a notebook. And they need to, on the first page, okay, right down on the first page, they need to, and this is, this is the time that they need to kind of get away if they can, be by themselves. They need to start making a list of everything they have lost. I did this. I went to our AG campground, and I just took time. And what it does is it allows them to cry out and to grieve over the many things that try to ambush them. And so I sat at the campground and I started making a list of everything that I no longer have because Wayne's not here anymore. And as I did, I was able to cry out those things and grieve over each and every one of them. So later on, it didn't quite ambush me. All right? So it takes time, but really encourage people to do that because if they can... If they can get those feelings out, and a little bit later I'm going to be talking about the importance of journaling, but um, they need to get get those feelings out of them. 
I shared with the classes earlier, um, really hard for widows. You know, we women are supposed to speak, two, you know, 20,000 words a day or something. When, when you're suddenly without a husband and you're not working or you're at home, I know my fish gets really tired of hearing from me. <laughs> he really does. He, I imagine sometimes he just wants to blurb up and go, shut up. <laughs> but this is an opportunity to be able to get those feelings out of you, you know, to face some of those things that, so you won't be ambushed. Okay? Second thing you want to write after, after they've finished that page, or like I did, when I did it, I left several pages open because you leave it open to where when you think of something else, you can write it down and cry it out. So I kept that as an ongoing list. And then I flipped over a couple pages and then right on that page, things I still have. When a person is hurting and in grief, it's so hard for them to, I mean, their whole focus is what they no longer have. So it's good for them to take time to realize what they still have. Because there's a lot that we still have, isn't it? I still have my kids. You know, I didn't have grandkids at that point. But I, you know, had my kids. I had some place to live. There's many things that we still have. Would you, would you yes. say, could someone put, they still have the memories of that person? Absolutely. And you think that would open up more? No, it's fine. It's fine. Anything to get them look positively on it. So, you know, <coughs> yes, they have the memories. Um, when I speak at widow's functions and teach on widows, I teach that, and, and this is true for everyone who's lost something, we all have a treasure box of memories, don't we? We all have it. For, for me, it's my daytimer because my husband wrote everything down as a pastor, everything he did. That was his accountability. And at the end of the month, he, you know, he was so organized, it made you sick. <laughs> so opposite of me. <laughs> God, God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? Opposites attract. We're going to make life fun, you know. Um, and so, you know, he wrote down everything. So one of my treasure box things is his daytimer. Because I, I go back, and at different times, I'll pick it up, and I'll look over the last week of his life, or the last year. Um, and I shared with the earlier class. It was really neat, because he wrote down everything. I mean, when you saw Wayne Craft, his daytimer was right here. The, the kids, you know, when email first started, Dad, your email <coughs> should be DT, DT Dude, because you're the daytimer dude. <laughs> Everywhere you saw him, um, you saw that. But we had gotten home from our date the day of the day that the Lord took him home. You know the last thing he wrote in his daytime? Home. And I thought, how precious, God. So that's a special memory to me. And we all have that. We all have that. The important part of grief, and I really emphasize this to widows, is, I have to look around and make sure I have a way to get up, <laughs> is we cannot, 
live here at our treasure box of memories. Too many widows tend to do that. There was one pastor's pastor's wife in Indiana that I went to. And she says, oh, yes, after I get home from this, her husband had been gone 10 years, I'll go home and I'll sit down in my chair and I'll sit there and I'll tell him everything I've done today. (coughs) 10 years after her husband has already gone and she's still talking to him. Now, you know, I'll say things every now and then to Wade, but I'm not going to share with him everything I've done and I'm not going to sit there and have a conversation with an empty chair. Okay? She is stuck in grief. She's stuck in grief. And that's what you don't want. So um, it's fine, but you have all of these secondary losses. And so that's what the divided highway is about. So just remember that anything can become an ambush. So don't, don't think it's strange if they just break out crying while you're talking to them. You know? you know, it could have been one word you said. <laughs> and it just brings back memories. That's just, that's just the ugly animal of grief is what I call it. Ugly, ugly animal. But that's okay because um, next point, work zone. Work zone. Who loves going into a work zone? Not. <laughs> we know, all right, you know, we all know the Lord is Savior. We know the Lord is working things out, right? He's promised that. But for someone in grief, they do not want to hear, oh, honey, don't worry about it. God's got a plan. You may get punched if you say that. All right? Don't want to hear that. God may be at work, and he's going to work all things out together for good. But my partner, my child, my mother is no longer here. So understand that. Many people in grief don't want to go to church after they've lost one. Don't force them. Don't make them feel guilty for it. They're grieving. It's normal. All right? Many of them are feeling like, God, where were you? Why didn't you heal them? Why did that child die? And they're questioning God. Let's see, who else questioned God in the Bible? Somebody named David. A man after God's heart. Yet how did he come to God? God, why are you doing this to me? Do you not see the tears I poured out? He would yell at God. Can you imagine that? Somebody yelling at God. And yet, he was God's, one of God's closest people. He loved God. He was passionate about God. You know why? As much as he questioned God, is because after he poured out his heart, God wants us to do that. He wants us to pour out our heart. And if we're mad, we're mad. I have friends of mine, and they say, Marlene, I'll go out in the woods and I'll yell at God. And I go, fine, nothing wrong with that. God can handle it. But the important point is that you don't yell at God and pour out your heart and then walk away. David stayed in God's presence until he got the answer. That's why he was a man after God's heart. Because he stayed around. He poured out. He questioned God. At times he told God he was wrong. But that's okay. God can handle it. God can handle our friends in grief. 
He understands their questions, their hurt, their pain. But he's loving with them. And we have to be lovingly patient with them also. Don't think, oh no, they turned away from God. No, they haven't turned away from God. Grief is such a darkness around them, they can't see God right now. You be the light. You encourage them. You, you let them know, you know, you may not feel it right now, but God is with you. He's holding you. He's carrying you right now. I'm praying for you. I'm here for you. You encourage them in that, okay? Be the light. Be that patient, loving person like, like the Lord is. And yes, I had mentioned about journaling. There's two things in the midst of grieving that is proven to help. And they have statistics to prove it. One is giving to others. You know, if you go in, if you have a friend who has a you know, is having a rough time getting through grief, a lot of time it's because they're thinking about it too much. You know, and possibly they're at home too much, which is really hard during this COVID time. But Getting out and giving to others is a proven way to get through grief. Because it gets your mind off of me, 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 and what I don't have, and who's not here. So giving to others is proven way to help through grief. The other proven way, folks, journaling. I'd say it's the number one thing. If you have friends who are grieving, they have got so many emotions going inside of them. I'm staying at an... Um, Airbnb. Um, her mom's not here, is she? She had called her mom and invited her because I was teaching on grief. But, um, so I just, but she is hurting so much, and she's got so much pain. And, but but her mom had stayed in the house for 20 years after her dad died. And it, and it was all about her. But what journaling does is it helps them to get their feelings of grief out. You know, you might think, oh, they got family around them. they got kids around them. No, they've got a way they need to release those emotions. Because if they keep, those, keep all that grief inside of them, you know what's going to happen? Their body's going to be affected. They're going to get sick. Because it just builds up and it builds up. Okay? I buy these by the case. 25 cents in August when they're on sale and give them out. So it's a great thing to have. Um, feel free if you want to take one of these ones, last ones I have left. Feel free to help yourself to that. But it doesn't take a lot of money. Help a friend. If you want to, go to Kohl's. Kohl's has a wonderful selection of journals for 4 or $5. But journaling, proven. And it gives them the opportunity to just pour out, pour out their feelings and get the grief out of them. All right. I'm trying to watch our time here. Okay, next one is slippery roads. <laughs> I was on my way here yesterday, and I saw a sign. Um, Be careful, you know, watch out for ice. And I'm like, I'm in a borrowed car with one eye. God, let there not be an ice. <laughs> Please, Lord. <laughs> but, you know, when storms of life come... There's a lot of tears that comes with it, right? Yeah. And you become very, you know, the, you know, it becomes very slippery. It's hard to get a good fitting, uh, footing when you're in grief. It's hard to feel stable. 
you just feel like you're falling or you're just, you cannot get a good stability on life. And that makes it so challenging. And also the storms in our life bring, you know, bring out the tears, the crying. It's part of the grieving process. Don't try to cut that off from people. You know, this part is, this part is really challenging for guys. You know, we're supposed to be strong and tough and not cry. You know, we're the fixers. There is no fixing grief. It's something you have to walk through. We women tend to talk to one another, you know, and we will, we'll share you our 20,000 words, you know, in, in two hours. But, but for guys, it's so much more challenging. So, you know, I feel bad for widowers and for men who are hurting because they tend not to open up and talk and to cry. They've never been told they're allowed to. Correct. Correct. Especially in years past, it's been kind of, no, you're not supposed to do that. So, but it's so important for them because you, you know, they, they need to get those emotions out just like, just like we women do. But those tears can come and um, so, you know, my heart goes out. I am writing a program right now and let me mention this to you. If your church does not have a ministry to widows, 95% do not. So I have just finished putting together a program. It has been sent to the editor. And so, Lord willing, it will be coming out this year, so you can check out our website for it. But widows desperately need each other because we no longer have someone to talk through. Our kids don't understand what we're going through because they lost a father. And so um, the program's coming out, and, and the program will work for widows or widowers. Okay? So churches, we're trying to equip you in whatever way we can. So someone had asked about the widow's link, a sign when they came in. They're like, huh? <laughs> so I do have material up here. Sign up for the new I told you I was going to love that. <laughs> uh, newsletter, a letter, grief share y'all got. And, of course, I am a missionary to widows. And so if you or your church would be interested in supporting, we widows never say no. <laughs> and this COVID has been challenging for, for you know missionaries, but God is faithful. But... We are here at Widows Link to help you, whether it be grief, whether it be um, widows, anything we can do to help you, please know that you, you know, we are here. You've got my card in your things to where you can contact me. Phone number's on there. Feel free to call me. No problem. Okay, let's go on to seven. Seven is merge. Yay, raw. I love getting it. I love getting through a detour and seeing that, oh, my road, that's where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> so as a person goes through grief and they can slowly work their way and they're going to be merging back into life. But when you've lost someone you love, life is never the same. It becomes what's called the new reality. And things are not going to look the same ever again. I had, I had one widow friend, and she said, I just want things to go back like they were. When you lose someone you love, it's never going to be the same. But yet, you've got to go forward in life. You can't get stuck in grief. Grief is a journey. And you've got to get all the way through it, because then that time is going to come where life is going to seem a little bit more normal, and you can merge back on. And that's, you know, through this entire journey, friends, friends, your friendship is so important. Okay? A phone call, 
letting them know that you're there for them. Because many times a person who's grieving just needs to know someone else is hurting too. One thing that most widows feel, and I've heard this multiple times, is I'm now without my husband, you know, and you know the cards will come, people will bring meals for the first month or two, and then all that goes away. And it's like everyone else has gone on with their life. They've forgotten about me. Yeah. And that's the way you feel when you're in the midst of grief. So a phone call, a visit, you know, go to the Dollar Tree and buy a couple happy things and put it in a bag and bring it to them. Okay? Just something to bring them that joy. Um, if we'll collect the... Yep. If you'll collect those, I don't know if your lunchbox is usable or not, but... All right, good, good, good. We'll go ahead and collect those because I love, I love to give gifts. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Um, so my grandmother, my grandfather, I think two years ago, my grandmother, I still feel like she's in this merge phase. And I know you said, no, the stuck in grief. Um, would you consider the merge phase to be uh, still in that grief period or like a purgatory, for lack of better words? Right. I understand. Thank you. Um, and actually, I, I, I'm going to continue on with, with the merge, really. Oh, um, but no, 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 my fault. I was talking about giving gifts, so I wanted to go ahead and give a door prize. Whenever I talk about gifts, I want to give a door prize. <laughs> um, I, think, I think everybody ended up with a door prize our last couple sessions, so it was fun. Um, don't have that many left. <laughs> so what she's saying is everybody's not getting <laughs> That's right. That's right. Your door prize, everybody gets chocolate. <laughs> it's on the table. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, so I'll just I'll just hang on for the very end then. Um, oh, I'm so bad. I can't do that. <laughs> okay, real quick, and then we'll get back to that. Ruth? Alright. Oh, we got another one over there. And then I've got some food ones for at the very end. Uh Maylene? What's that again? Maylin. Maylin. Oh how pretty. I like it. Maylin. There we are, Maylin. Thank you so much. Okay, so in the journey of grief, as you're merging back, you can't put a timeline on it. So you want to encourage them. You want to encourage them to get out, to do things, volunteer to go with them. One of the worst things for widows, I was talking to one earlier, she said, I hate to eat by myself. That's one of the hardest things for widows to do is to go to a restaurant by themselves. So offer to take a person who is grieving, maybe, maybe out for a coffee or out for a meal. Help them get out of the house. Help them to come out of the merge and to be come back, you know, to encourage them. Offer to pick them up to go to church if they, if they can, if they are to that point to where they're ready. Um, but insofar as the time, you can't really put a time thing on it because with some people, you know, grieving, grieving could take two years. Remember we talked about it depends on the relationship. Um, it, it could take a year. It could take two years. It could take five or six. But you do want to encourage them to go forward. 
progression. Right, exactly. Little steps. You know, in the beginning, you know, for a lot of widows, it's just like, I did get out of bed today, you know, which was a big step. You know, I got dressed. You know, uh, being a missionary working from home, I, I don't even do that sometimes, you know. <laughs> you know, those of us working from home, it's just like, <laughs> another pajama day. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> will not last forever, will it? We've got to enjoy what we have. <laughs> but, um, so it does take time. It takes time, but we can encourage them. We can help them to merge. Alright? And so, being a friend, but don't try to ever put a time thing on them. You know? Yes, absolutely. Alright. Okay. Um, our last page, and I went ahead and gave you a copy of this because I wanted everyone to have it because it's so important. It is, here are definite ways that you can help those in grief also. A full list of them. Um, honesty, please let them be honest. And some people, you know, you might feel like, well, I don't know if she wants me to talk about her husband or not. Hey, a lot of our, a, a lot of us widows, we like to talk about our husband. We love the guy, you know. So it's okay. Talk to me about my husband. One of the greatest rewards I had was we got involved in motorcycle ministry the last few years of Wayne's life, and we went to Sturgis and ministered there. But Wayne had gone there several times with the team, with the with the team from the Southwest by himself. And then the last year I went with him, and then I went back several years after he passed. But um. When I went back after he had passed away, some of the guys who had been with him several years on it came up to me and were telling me ways that he blessed them and he ministered to them. Do you know how special that was for me? You know, one of the greatest things was um, usually we have anywhere, well, in the years we went, we had between two and 400 people saved with the six days at, um, we were at Rock City. And it was just wonderful, especially for a small church pastor, because we always pastor in small churches. You know, the heart of the pastor is to see saved souls. Well, Wayne didn't get to see a lot of those, but when he went to Sturgis, he got to see so many souls saved. So that was a joy for him. But when I went back that following year, um, one of the guys was talking to a guy who had come to the booth, and he said, I wanted to bring this guy back to you. He said, Wayne led him to the Lord last year. And he wanted to come back and tell Wayne, thank you. You know? So we, you know, we, we usually don't mind talking about those that we've lost. Because we love that person. So be honest with them. And, you know, you know, depending upon if they're hurting, they might say, well, I just don't want to talk about it today. Fine. Just, you know, be flexible. You know, and just listen to their heart. So be honest. And as I... <laughs> um, realize their pain is going to come and gone. Gone. Don't set a timeline. We talked about encourage encourage them not to make any big decisions. All right, widowers. Many times within a year they'll be married again. You know, we. It's so important. You know, I tell widows it's okay if you want to marry someone, marry again. Nothing wrong with that. The Bible talks about it. You're fine. But give yourself a chance to walk through the entire healing process of grief first. All right? Don't 
Don't try to cut it short. Don't bring all that baggage into your next marriage. Encourage them to not make any big decisions for at least a year. Relationship-wise, give them two years to heal. <laughs> um, and encourage them not to make any big decisions. You know, and like clothing, whether you have a mother die, a child die, a spouse die, you know, there's always having to get rid of the clothing. Let them do it in the time that they're ready for it. Don't say, Mom, Dad's stuff has been in the closet two years. You know, it's time to move it out. Let them make that decision, please. All right? You know, it's not going to hurt anything. When the time is right, they're going to do it. But if you push it, do you realize that you could be building up regret in their heart against you? You don't want that. You know, it's not that big a deal. Now, me... I gave away, I, 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 I made a decision kind of quickly, and I went ahead and got, I brought all my, all Wayne's clothes to the church a week after he died, and I said, you know, the church people can have it. Not a good idea. I stayed at the church four months to help the new pastor to come in, and to, and to help the church to heal. Yes, I saw those people wearing the clothes, and the pastor who came in was the same size as Wayne. That really didn't help. I came back a year later to preach homecoming. Pastor was wearing his shirt and his tie, and I'm like, thank God. <laughs> so, but don't don't push him through that. So you have got the list in front of you. I don't want to take up too much question time because you may have questions. Help them to do the next thing, okay? One step at a time. The next thing. Uh, don't rush them. Um, I do have magnets up here. And it says ways to help widows. But if you're interested, it's ways to help anyone in grief. I've listed the five things that widows miss so desperately. But as I'm thinking about it, these are also really important for those in grief. You know, just a hug. Just a hug. You know, listen to them. You might hear the story three times or four or five, but just be like Christ. Listen to them. Maybe get them a gift. Check on them. See how they're doing. And I tell the church hot meals for widows in particular. You know, um, and even those grieving. You know, we think in the beginning about bringing them meals, but why not three months down the line say, Hey, you know what? I thought I'd make you dinner. Would that be okay? Exactly. <laughs> 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 yes. Yes. So um, you can feel free to pick up one of those. Just. They're very thin, so they're so, so they kind of stick together. But so that's kind of that's kind of and um, this, is, this is the first time I've taught this, so I appreciate y'all being my first trial run on this. Thank you very much. I hope it's been helpful to help you learn about grief and and give you some ways to help people grieving. So we're going to go ahead and open it for questions. We've got about ten minutes. Am I correct? Yes, sir. I just want to say something. <coughs>
Very important. Don't rush them through it. You know, don't rush them through it because you don't know how close their relationship. Or maybe they had some problems and they're still dealing with those things. Maybe they had some regrets and they're still dealing with those regrets. Pray for them. Say, God, help them. Help them to work through that. But I appreciate that. Anything else? Any questions? Yes. One thing that I heard a lot after my husband died mm-hmm. is I know exactly how you feel. I lost my grandma ten years ago. Big loss, very different loss. I've lost a child, I've lost my dad, and I lost my husband. They're all three huge, but each one different. Exactly. Or it was God's will. Huh? Or people will say it was God's will. Yeah. I'm, I'm supposed to do what? A happy dance because it was yeah. God's will? I'll make you part of that. Yeah, I'll make you God's will. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh, God needed another flower in his garden. Okay, you're about to have a flower in his garden. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, Fred. Um, uh, is it possible to prepare people for grief? And if so, how would you do it? Yes. Grief share. I recommend every church have grief share in their church. That is the best way to help people to prepare for grief. I believe it should be a small group or a Sunday school group. I believe it should be required. Every staff member needs to go through it. They're going to be ministering to people with grief. It is a fantastic program. Fantastic. 13 weeks, and it just educates people. It's like, wow, really? And... People who are going through grief, I suggest they go through it two to three times. The first time, they're usually so raw, they end up crying through most of it. The second time, they're going to pick up on maybe 30% of it. The third time through, they're going to pick up on 70% of it. So I encourage people in grief to go through it several times to be able to get it in. But grief share, absolutely. Christ-centered, plan of salvation, the whole works, but it teaches you about grief. So that is the best way that I have ever seen to prepare someone for grief. Okay. Yes, sir? Yeah, you talked about several examples where they're stuck in their grief. Yes, sir. And it's obviously we don't want to rush them through it. Mm-hmm. How do we avoid enabling unhealthy behaviors like like returning to the, the, the treasure box like you were mm-hmm. talking about? How, uh, without crushing a person, how do you begin right. to help them out of that? Right. Lovingly, lovingly, you want to try to get them. Usually when they're stuck in grief, it's all it's become a habit to look inward. And so you've got to help them start to look outward. And you can try to try to show them that, but the longer they bury themselves in that, it's really hard to, you know, do it. So just by encouraging them to get out of the house going with them out of the house, trying to break that cycle because it just becomes a habit. You know, it's so much easier just to stay here home with my memories, with my thoughts of my husband. I can picture him in the chair. So much easier than going out and seeing people holding hands. That hurts. So be a friend and help them to get out. They're stuck. So God can use us to help them to step out. So whether, whether it be going to church functions, whether it be going out to, you know, a movie, you know, I, 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 
took the widows to a movie, and one widow said, I haven't been to a movie in 15 years. Just, just help them. Help them to get out of themselves. Because a lot of times, they don't want to hear that they're stuck in grief. You know, they're going to shut you off. So just encourage them to get out. Get away from that pressure box. Anyone else? Good questions. Good questions, y'all. Yes, sir? Um, there's a, a widow that I have been reaching out to. Um, she and her husband came to our church several years before he died, and, and they quit coming. And um, and I have been reaching out to her for, she's been gone for a few years now. And um, I, I just talked to her this week. And she said, I feel disconnected um, because they, they had several churches that they were a part of, and there are people from those churches that all come to our church. Um, but everything feels different, the new normal, uh, coming by herself instead of coming with him. And um, coming in there are these familiar people in our church that have been a part of different fellowships she was a part of, but it feels different. And so I, I encourage her to maybe start with Wednesday night and just just come and, and understand that it's going to feel different, you know? Yeah. And, and to not expect it to feel like one of those other memories from back in the day when they went wherever. Right. And just accept, okay, you know, this is going to feel different. I have to reconnect. I know some of these people. Right. I just, I've been away from them. I need to reconnect with them. And to, to start on Wednesday night, she promised me she'd come. So. And, and maybe find someone that she knows to sit with. It's really hard for people to go back to church. You know, I mean, that's all their memories. I stayed at that church and I helped, but I remember some Wednesdays I was like, gotta go, guys, gotta go. I just, you know, all the memories. That was supposed to be Wayne out there teaching. You know, so people associate so many memories with the church. And so encourage someone to sit with her. Find someone to sit with her. Because to have to go back without your spouse or without a family member is very lonely. So connect someone with them so they're not by themselves. All right? That's one of the biggest helps you can do with grief. Connect someone up there. Build friendships there. That's what, that's what the widow's ministry is all about. Because widows need each other. Because we understand each other. We're quirky now, you know. <laughs> we miss our solid foundation here. Um, but so being able to connect them with someone helps us. Because we're family, right? We're the family of God. We're helping one another. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I didn't really have a question. I just wanted to offer a resource. For yes, ma'am. Um, an organization called Stephen Ministries, Stephen with a PH. And they have journey through grief, grief, familiar. Yes. Great. And they're really, really helpful. And just one other thing, like with the card, you can tell them how it works, but we also try to include uh, the birthday and the anniversary so that we can also have those Excellent. Um, what what the Stevens Ministries does is, is fantastic. They have they have four books. And then after after someone like loses loses a family member or spouse, close friend, they will go ahead and send the first book. And then they send the next book three months later. So they're giving them something in their hands. 
Stephen Ministries. Stephen Ministries. Awesome organization. Awesome organization. Right. I would suggest you go ahead and buy them. Take a look at them yourselves. Okay? Check it out. I did that, you know. When I first heard about it, I'm like, well, I want to get these into my hands. And a friend let me use hers. And they were like, whoa, good. So thank you. They are very good. Very good. Yes, ma'am? I, I just wanted to say, too, that um, when my mother died, one thing that I noticed is that those, that, that list that you gave mm-hmm. was really powerful. But I, I found I cycled through different parts of it. It didn't just go through and check it off and it was done. But I would go through that process again in a different situation or a different memory or a different holiday. Yes, very much. Very much. And it's just because with grief, you know, it hits in different times, in different ways. As you mature through grief, you know, it was, <coughs> what is it, this is 10 years this time. Uh, this time, I've only had a husband. No, it was, I think it was eight, eight, eight-year anniversary and, um, no, 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 it was last year. And, and I was anticipating the 10-year anniversary for a whole week before that, you know, before it was coming up. And I just, I just had such an emotional week. And then, and then it came to the anniversary of January 15th. And I realized that I only been nine years. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that was nine years into it, hearing him grieving like this. And I'm like, you know, grief is like that. You know, you never know. I've got two more door prizes if y'all are okay with that. Some food. Anybody here like Arby's? What? <laughs> All right. Arby's and Chick Fil A. How does that sound? Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. For Arby's, we've got Eddie. E D. That is so sweet. All right. Um, Glenn? And let's see. Let's go for Chick-fil-A next. Diane? All right, Diane. There we go. Enjoy. And let's dig down here to the bottom. And Tim, Gator. All right, Gator. <laughs> Do you hunt gators? Huh? Do you hunt gators? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Very good. So I think our time is up. Am I correct? Was it till one? Yep. Okay. Very good. Well, I don't want to keep you. Thank you so much. If we can be of any help, widowslink.org. You can check us out on Facebook. I did over 80. Facebook Lives last year to help out widows.